sê ek moet nou in Engels praat. Frits het klaar gesê, ek moet Engels. Jy slief hoe gaat dit jy jy moos na gavrit na roos kom. assume nobody will hear. <laughs> um, I love, there's this one story I really love. Thank you, Anya. Um, I've been telling my friends about it recently as well, and I want to share it with you. But this lady, she tells a story. She went to a horse show, and her friend asked her to hold her horse. Um, and her friend said, no, she's going to go get a hot dog for the horse. And, the la- and Ellen said, horses don't eat hot dogs. And she was just like, just whatever, just hold my horse. And she comes back with a hot dog, and she feeds the horse a hot dog, and the horse eats a hot dog. And she says from that point on, she started questioning everything in her life. <laughs> and uh, in the context of when uh, we listen to what other people say, um, I think it's a helpful um, picture for me because sometimes when people speak or when you hear someone talk about the same, yes, yes, we can feed it grass. <laughs> um, and just having that approach of, you know, I might hear something today that, that I've never heard before. And in this context, I want to put it to you that God, while, while I'm putting words together and trying to keep sentences coherent for everyone here this morning, um, and hopefully not put you to sleep, hopefully in some way God is going to speak to you in a way that you haven't heard before. God is going to refresh, rejuvenate, uh, reveal something to you that He hasn't done before. So even if I say things that you've heard maybe a few times, uh, bear with me because God might be wanting to speak to you. And uh, if I do say something new or in a, approach it in a way that you haven't heard before, bless God, <laughs> thank Him for, my, for the creativity that He's given me. Anyway. Uh, I love that story, and um, I'm going to start off with a, a vulnerable story. Uh, last night, um, let me just drink water. Last night, um, I was sitting on the couch, got my laptop open, I'm preparing to speak in front of people, and uh, the kids, it's bath time, they're running around. Half of their clothes are on, other half is off, and it's a beautiful moment, you know. Everyone's laughing and happy and whatever. And, um, you know, but it carries on too long. Um, <laughs> and the, this, this playtime knows no end. And so eventually I'm like, uh, one, one of our children listens very quickly, and I tell him, go to, go to the bath, and he goes. Um, but my daughter, she takes uh, some more encouragement. And so after the fifth time, I uh, was short-tempered, to put it lightly, and I, and I picked her up and I carried her and I put her in the bath, and she was crying, and it, it spoiled the whole moment, right? And so now I'm back, I'm on the couch, I've got my laptop, I'm like, yeah, now I can do my stuff, and my wife, Zana, walks in, but she walks in so slowly, and she looks at me like that, and I know, <laughs> I, know I know she's right, <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, in that moment, you can think, uh, you can think to yourself, or well, I could have, I had the temptation to possibly think, oh, I just need a break from, from parenting, you know. Maybe I just need to get away from the kids for a while, and then I'll come back a better parent. And I want to challenge that thought this morning. I want to tell you that 
that's not entirely true. Uh, I want to rather say, and what my conclusion, and actually what I'm sharing on this morning is like, how do I rest for being a parent? So how do I energize myself? How do I equip myself? How do I train myself in those moments to be a controlled parent, to be the adult in the room, to lovingly uh, parent my, my daughter, even though I have to, uh, I've asked her five times to go to the bath. Um, and I want to, yeah, I want to dive into that and, and see uh, what, we come, what comes of that because I don't know if any of you have started making plans, but it's the end of the year and uh, I am super guilty of telling everyone that, hey, I need a holiday, <laughs> you know, I need to rest. Um, and uh, I think all of us are, are in, the, in some kind of space like that. Um, but as a, as a father in this house, as an overseer, as one who cares for your soul, um, I rather want to, I want to try to encourage you this morning to rest for uh, your life in Christ, to rest for His glory. And uh, I don't think it needs to be this radical, big, everything's different, you follow a new program and routine, we're going to... What I keep hearing from the Lord is, begin where you are, start where you're at, and uh, let's go from there. Um, I'm going to preface the preach in this uh, scripture, Romans 8, verse 12 to 13. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. And there's, there are two facets to this principle. The one is, in Christ, the flesh has been put into death in our bodies, right? So in Christ, we have died with Him, we will be raised with Him. And there will be a perfection of that happening on uh, someday. But for some reason... We've met the Lord, and we are still on this earth, and we're still living lives, and we have still got daily routines and things to get through. And uh, along with that comes with all the temptations and the lovely things of life to draw us away from that wonderful uh, relationship with God. And I want to give, I love, I'll use another picture. Uh, I, I studied in Wellington. And uh, if you know Andrew Murray, uh, there was a revival that broke out, and he lived in, ended off his days in Wellington. And so there's a lot of history around that. So I was inspired by his books a lot. I read a lot about him, uh, a lot of his content. And so, and he uses this image uh, of your relationship with God. He's got two parts to it it's a stream and a dam. And the stream is that steady input and flow that fills the dam. And then there are moments where God comes crushing in or breaks into your life. We have these revelations or these experiences of God where He actually broadens and increases your capacity or uh, creates a bigger dam within you. But the life that you live cannot be sustained without a constant, steady stream. And so... I think that um, 
Jonathan Stanfield may have actually used this word as an uh, acronym before, but if he has, forgive me, but if he hasn't, I'm going to take it over. It's the, the word that I want us to, to think about is the word first. So we're going to start, we're going to go through the word first. I'm going to give us handles to it. And, and you know, going into the, going into the holiday, um, we've got various things that can happen. Um, all of our routines are slightly different. Uh, some of us are perhaps eating more. Some of us are watching more. Some of us are sleeping more. And we've got all these things going on. Um, and, some, and the rhythms and the routines that you've built up over the year, uh, you could, they could come crushing down in a matter of a week or two. And so how do we set ourselves up going into, how do you rest for the next year in these next two weeks? And it's by starting and keeping small rhythms and routines and almost traditions in your life to maintain that steady flow. All right, so the first letter in first is the letter F, and we're going to start off with being faithful. Thank you, Nelly. <laughs> and I want to pull it through to make sure that you are faithful. Make sure that your first conversation in the morning is with God. Make sure that there is nothing blocking your stream this, in the next few weeks, in the next year. Start planning for the year. Make sure that there's nothing blocking the flow of God's, uh, God's heart and love in your life. Right? So we can jump into some practicals of that. But John, John 4 verse 13 to 15, I haven't given it to you, Jessica, I'm just going to read, but this is a, a scripture that's been recurring in our congregation for the last couple of weeks. It says, Jesus, it's with the woman at the well, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. And I don't, there have been so many times in the last couple of weeks where I've, I've at the office, I've perfectly situated myself at you know, I've got a very low desk. As you come in, I've got my screen. And we've got the Breville bean-to-cup coffee machine right ne- within reaching distance from me. <laughs> and uh, so I've perfectly situated myself. And I can't tell you how many times um, I've made myself, just to get through the day, a third or a fourth cappuccino. And uh, it's almost become therapy for me, like just there, putting the grinder on, everybody knows I'm making coffee, getting the steam going and frothing the milk and just having that moment, but, and then almost thinking like, if I just drink this one more cup of coffee, I will make it till 5 p.m. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. <laughs> and uh, yet, every day I find myself back in that place where I need to drink another cup of coffee. Uh, Verse 14, it says, But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And I love the woman's response. She said, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Exhibit A. And... uh, and, you know, essentially, there needs to be a connection to the living stream in your life. You could sit here, you can go to church, you can label yourself as a Christian, 
and there can be no connection, there can be no stream. There's no path full of water to make it to you. And that position Jesus describes as a, a thirsty position, a longing position, always needing something more, always trying to find something to fill that void inside of you. And Jesus, in the same way with the woman at the well, wanted to offer a living water. And so some of us might need to, number one, evaluate ourselves and evaluate, are we actually connected to the source? Am I saved? Have I put my trust in Jesus? Have I rested from my own works? Have I rested from trying to please God by just reading a little bit more Bible, going to church a bit more often, swearing a little bit less? You know, these are hard things to do in and of yourself. Jesus wants to save you from that eternally. Jesus wants to give you the ultimate rest. You know, there's, I can't think of something more tiring than having this heavy weight on my shoulders, this, this burden and this yoke that is not easy of worrying about what is going to happen at the end of my life. Where am I going to wake up when I die? Where, what happens to my body? Where does my soul go? What happens? Uh, what, what is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? You know, Jesus answers those questions for you. Jesus takes the punishment that you deserved, which is eternal death. He took it upon himself so that you don't have to. He took it so that you don't have to face the wrath of that punishment, which is an eternity without him. And he took it so that he can give you eternal life starting now. You need to be connected to the source. You need to have living water. It's a water that I can't describe to you what it, what it tastes like unless you've tasted it yourself. I can't describe what it feels like to not have that burden or that yoke of not knowing. Of, keep, of, of trying and trying and trying and just never feeling like you've done enough. I can't tell you what it tastes like to have that off my shoulders. To have given it to someone else. To have to, where Jesus says, trust me, I will take your sins away. I will forgive you. I will give my son for you so that you don't have to. And he's extending that offer this morning. He's extending a connection to the source, which is his eternal life this morning to you. And then the next I in first is, I want to, I want to label it intentional. Um, and I want to say this morning that finding rest in God being rejuvenated and restored in his finding God's presence. Growing in his word doesn't just happen. Okay, you don't fall into it. You don't wake up in the morning and the Bible and you're reading the Bible and, and you're praying and, and you're connecting with God. You don't just go through the day and it just happens. Yes, there are wonderful moments where God maybe in a dream breaks in and you know you're unconscious. Not, well, I don't think the right term is unconscious, but you're not conscious. 
at that point. And God speak, God has a way to minister to your spirit. Um, but God wants us to be intentional. And I think the best way is to make Him first in our days and, and last in our nights. Um, if we look at the example of Jesus, how was, how was He intentional? He withdrew. When He was tired of people, uh, He withdrew to do what? To disappear? To watch Netflix? <laughs> he withdrew to pray and to commune with God. Uh, he built deep relationships and friendships. People cried about Jesus. Jesus cried about his friends when they died. He built meaningful relationships. I don't think he just had like a teacher relationship like any with his pupils. They barely know. <laughs> Some of them know. Uh, but Jesus had intimate friendships and relationships with his friends. Um, he had, he had close, a close-knit group of people that he trusted and that he walked with and that we could see deeply and fondly loved him. Uh, you need to be intentional in building your relationships, especially in uh, a lot of us get to see people, especially uh, physical family members, family members that raised you, uh, family members that have seen you since the beginning of your time, you know, and, and as some of you know, over time, sometimes relationships get complicated. Now's a great time to build those relationships, speak about things that haven't been spoken about, deal with unresolved issues, have fun, love one another, serve your family. Be intentional about these things. Jesus also, he slept. <laughs> you know? Be intentional about your sleep. Not just now in the holiday, but for the year. Start now. Start building it now into your routine so that it lasts into the new year and into the next year. The, uh, I think there's something, some funny statistic like 90% of uh, people have New Year's resolutions about exercise starting the 1st of January. And by the 21st of January, all of those people have tapped, 90% have tapped out. And uh, I, I simply think people are taking on too much too quickly and they burn out. And then they've, nobody enjoys being overused and overworked and burnt out. Don't do it to yourself. Don't burn yourself out. Don't try to run a marathon if you haven't run five kilometers. And in a spiritual sense, you don't have to spend three hours in deep meditative worship if you can't pray for five minutes. You know, don't do it to yourself. Don't make yourself dislike something that should be a pleasure and should be intimate with God. Start where you are at and build from there. Let the stream, steady stream flow and allow God to break open and increase the dam. Make Him, allow Him to increase the banks. Allow Him to break the dam wall and rebuild it. But you make sure that there's a steady flow coming in. And then... So make sure I spelled first right. 
So F-I-R. <laughs> then we need to reach out. Okay? A dam that keeps getting water and there's no outlet, what happens to the water? Bad things, I think. Uh, it loses life, right? It, it's like the Dead Sea. It doesn't have an outlet, so it just builds up. I don't think there's any fish. No fish can survive in that sea because there's no outlet, right? Have I got it right? Okay, so we need to, as things are coming in, we need to give. We need to reach out. And the scripture that I want to reference here this morning is Galatians 5, verse 13. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. We can go to 14 and 15 as well. I don't know. Did I give it to you? Yes, go. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Don't bite and devour family members uh, or friends or church uh, family, um, but find ways that you can humbly serve one another in love. Most of us, when we want to rest, we want to be served. Uh, but here Paul's encouraging us to serve, okay? Again, don't overextend yourself. You don't have to, don't, don't try to eat the elephant in one up. You know, start out small. <laughs> you don't have to clean the whole house for your family, but at least wash the dishes. <laughs> let's, let's start small. Okay. And allow these things to build in rhythms in bite-sized forms that you can apply. That, like, think about how this can set yourself up for the new year. And then I want to get to S is start where you're at. So let's just do a quick review. We had F, which was? Faithful. Yes. <laughs> Like cheating in an exam. <laughs> I for intentional and R for reaching out. Okay, wonderful. Then we're going to get to S, which is what I've been saying the whole time, is start where you are at. Start small if you have to. Okay, and don't start where you think you should be or where you want to be. Start where you are. I did a quick check. There's, on average, people use... 0.71, let me get the, let me read it before I butcher it. So daily waste generation per person on average across the world, 0.74 kilograms. Okay, so per year on average, everyone here, you are building up waste that's going in a bin and being dumped somewhere locally. 270 kilograms per person. That's three fritzes. <laughs> Did I get it right? A little bit. It's a compliment, actually. <laughs> right, so 
that doesn't seem to be too much, right? That's manageable. But if we do a million people in a city, that's 270 million kilograms. And then if you start looking globally, like I, can't, I mean, it's 270 kgs times 7.8 billion. Okay, that, I, I'm not even going to read the number. Some, yeah. <laughs> 27 trillion thousand. Okay. Um, but I think it's 2.1 trillion. I think I got it right. Okay. That's a lot of, and that's just, Remember, what you're doing is seemingly small, right? 0.7 kgs is not a lot in a day, let's be honest, okay? That's, some people eat that amount in steak every day, okay? So it's not a lot. Um, but the continual buildup over time is, eventually becomes a massive amount. And as it scales over time, it becomes a lot. And so... What I'm getting at here is that the routines that you build into your life build up a storehouse. It builds up an experience. It builds up ammunition for your life. Uh, another interesting one is if you take 30 minutes a day to eat with your family, over time that's 182 hours a year that you spend having deep, meaningful interaction with family members. It's something like 11,000 minutes a year. That's, and that's just half an hour a day. I'm sure you can find other times to spend more time with your family, but half an hour a day, daily. You can't miss a day. Uh, but a half, <laughs> half an hour a day builds up to 11,000 minutes. And that's something... If you don't do it, you miss out on that entirely for the entire year. And so what are the things that we are doing that are accumulating for us? And are we accumulating in the flesh or are we accumulating in the spirit? And remember, even small amounts of doses of time are going to build up to be huge in a year. And so usually the things of the flesh, the satisfaction is quick, it's easy, Stuff a chocolate in your mouth, feels good, you're great, you're good to go. Uh, usually the things of the Spirit are quite the opposite. Uh, they are hard, they require sacrifice, and sometimes the return takes a very long time to experience any sort of joy. And the Bible is encouraging us to live, to put to death the misdeeds of the flesh by the Spirit. Uh, Something interesting as well is there was a review done and published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine that claimed that refined sugar has a similar effect on the brain as illegal drugs such as cocaine. In studies on rats, it has been found that there are significant similarities between eating sugar and drug-like effects such as binging, craving, withdrawal, dependence, and reward. Okay? Sound familiar? <laughs> okay. Um, and I think these are hallmarks of our culture and society today. Binge watching, uh, craving certain foods, craving to do certain things, withdrawal symptoms, making us grumpy. I don't know if you've ever made the mistake of drinking 
coffee on a regular basis, and then just stopping. I thought I had COVID. That's how bad the symptoms were. Uh, it took my wife to do a quick Google and show me that I actually have caffeine withdrawal. And I quickly started drinking caffeine again. Um, but at a lower rate, okay? Um, and so, you know, and the same can go for, I don't know about you guys, but my wife Zana and I, we love sending each other these uh, reels on Instagram. Uh, we, it's so, we, like, people are so creative in the way that they can just be relatable and we can laugh about how parenting, like everyone's got the same things and, and also. So at least we have this personal interaction about these things. But <clears throat> the point that I want to make here is that it's almost, social media is almost like gambling. It's like you keep scrolling until you find something good and it's, it hits a dopamine spike and you feel great and then you gamble again. It's like a slot machine. You're literally pulling a slot machine, waiting and hoping that something interesting is going to come up. Um, and these things are so quick, easy to get a hold of, addictive, and so rewarding. And these are exactly the things that are standing in your way of being faithful. Of, these are the things that are blocking your stream of your connection and the living water in Jesus. And... You know, some of us might think, but yeah, but it should be easy and fun and to connect with God. And uh, Matthew 7, verse 13 to 14, says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Okay? So the narrow gate, how many people are entering through it? A few. Okay? And the broad gate, many. I can tell you, just by looking at the statistics, the broad gate is social media usage, bad eating diet, and not following, not getting into the Word, not having personal intimate prayer with God, not connecting with the living God. Connecting with God is not easy. It requires you to be intentional, faithful, and it requires you to reject the quick and the easy way. Right? I want to encourage us, find the narrow gate. If you feel like you're in the broad gate, ask someone for directions <laughs> to get you to the narrow gate. Uh, the broad gate is not the way to go. Um, And you know what I'm speaking about? I'm not speaking about this, this thing of you need to read the Bible more or you need to pray more just so that God will be happy. There's an angry God in heaven and He's just waiting for you to sit down and open up your Bible and read a chapter and then everything's fine. It's all okay. That's all He wants. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, if, can you get Romans 7 up for me, uh, Jessica? Uh, you know, Galatians is also a good, it's a great book to read this holiday. All six chapters, just read all of them. What you're going to see is Paul hangs out with his Jewish chummies 
and they with the people who aren't Jewish. And uh, Peter, he's starting to act hypocritically. In front of the Jews, he's the one way. And in front of the non-Jews, he's another way. And then in, in chapter 3, Paul starts convincing us very well that it's no longer by following the Jewish law that you are saved, but it's by being born again in Christ. And so what happened was there was this confusion. The Jews were saying, listen, you can believe in Jesus, but you also have to keep the Jewish laws to be saved. And it was putting an undue burden on non-Jews. Okay, And then we've got chapter 4, which gives us the example of Hagar and Sarah, about how from the beginning, from Genesis already, we could see the image of how God had planned for us not to be saved by the law, but by grace. And then in chapter 5, it speaks about our freedom, that we've been given this freedom from the law, but not to indulge the flesh but to humbly and lovingly serve one another in love, to live by the fruits of the Spirit, not by the acts of the flesh. And then in chapter 6, it talks about how we carry one another's burdens, how we will reap what we sow. If you reap in the flesh, you will, if you sow in the flesh, you will reap destruction. If you sow in the Spirit, you will reap life. Okay? And I want, to get, I want to make this point very clearly. I'm not just here to encourage you and to give you a list of things to do so that you can appease an and, uh, uh, angry God. In chapter 7 in Romans, um, from verse 1, it says, Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. So if you're dead, you're no lo- you can't be held accountable for the traffic fine in the boulevard if you're dead. Okay. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law that binds her to him. You don't stay married if, if your spouse dies. You can skip to verse 4 to me. Uh, So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. Verse 5 as well. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. And so... In Christ, if you are born again, your old self has died, and you have been risen in the body with Christ. And so there's a new law that applies to you, a law of His, you are His righteousness. You have been given a new heart that can be a home for the Holy Spirit. And so, I want to end off with the first acronym I want to go to, T, which is test yourself regularly. Galatians 6, we'll read from verse 1 to 5, once we've got the new T up there. 
I'm going to start reading and then it will come up. All right. So it says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to anyone else. For each one should carry their own load. So there's this dual, like, carry one another's burdens. But don't think too highly of yourself. You still got to carry your own load and, be, and, and watch out. But test yourself. Assess the accumulation in your life. Are you, are you building 0.71 kilograms per day of the flesh or of the spirit? Because I can tell you there's one that is going to be winning at the end of the day. And you need to make sure that you are accumulating in the spirit. Amen. And so I wanna, I'm going to end with this. We can, uh, we can close our eyes. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and then just lead us in asking ourselves some questions and asking God to respond and, and to reveal to us. Um, and so I want to, ref- God, I just want to come to you, Lord. We just want to come to you as a congregation. Um, we just want to thank you for this year, Lord God. We just want to thank you. There's, there's so much to be grateful for this year. Um, and Father, I pray that, Lord, that we won't try to just rest from things this holiday, holiday God, but that we'll start resting for things, God. And, and I pray that in us, Lord, that you would that you would show us right now, Lord God, as we pray, Lord, that you would show us what are the things that I'm trying to escape from? What are the things that I'm trying to walk away from? What are the things that I'm avoiding? So I want to just go back to that, that image of where I had the, had the impatience and the short temper with my daughter and then wanting an escape from parenting God. Lord, I pray just right now, Lord God, as we're praying, pray that you'd lead each one, Lord God, just to point out those areas, Lord. What are the things that I'm trying to escape from? And Lord, I pray as you are showing us, Lord God, as you are revealing these things, Lord, I pray that our first response would be quick to repent, Lord God. Quick to turn from them, Lord. Quick to find your grace and mercy. And Lord, in those moments, Lord God, I pray. I pray that you'd teach us, Lord God. I pray that you'd forgive us, Lord God. I pray that you would give us handles, Lord God, 
to find out what do we need to, what do we need to be working on to strengthen the things that we want to rest from, Lord. Lord, highlight them this morning, God. And Lord, I want to speak against this morning, Lord God, this overwhelming feeling of I've got to get everything right tomorrow. I've got to get it all right today. I've got to turn it around now. Otherwise, nothing will be the same again. Lord God, I pray, Father, just for a long-term view. I just pray that you'd give a vision of a, a, ten, a five to ten year view. One that lacks burnout, Lord God. One that, one that is sustainable, God. Lord, I pray that you'd just give us grace and mercy to be faithful and good stewards for a long time, God. Not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but for the years to come. And then, Lord, I just want to pray, I just want to, for those who feel like the stream is empty, that there is no flow, that there is no connection, Lord, I pray that you just come and come and speak to them this morning, Lord God. Just come and highlight them, Lord God. Lord, just come and overwhelm them, Lord, with your love and your mercy, Lord God. Lord, and I pray for empty streams, Lord God, that they would flow, Lord God. I pray for blockages, Lord, that they would be removed. And Lord, I pray for people where you need to go and remove a blockage, where you need to go and open up the stream. God, I pray that we will take the responsibility to do so. And then I pray for those who, if there's anyone here this morning who has not connected to the living source, who has not met Jesus, who has not died to the law, has not been risen with Christ, who's wondering or worried about that day, who's unsure of where you stand with the Lord. I just want to give up, is there anyone like that this morning that wants me to pray with you? You can just show me. Good. All right. Lord, I want to thank you that we have all different kinds of seasons in our lives. We have times of hard work. We have times of rest. We have holidays. And Lord, I just want to thank you for the time that's ahead uh, for most of us, Lord God, that get to take some time off from our daily routine and work and to get to be with family and friends, Lord God. Lord, but I pray more than just being away from everything, Lord God, I pray that our minds would be galvanized and set on resting in you, Lord God, working towards you. We may be going away from here, Lord God, but may we be going closer towards you in this time. In Jesus' name.
And may it not be a heavy yoke and burden, Lord God. May it be light and easy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bye, Rankiela. Thank you. It's awesome seeing everyone here this morning. Please hang around. Uh, if it, you need that coffee, you know what to do. Uh,